Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Read Only Access. Welcome to Read Only Access, a technology podcast exploring the Microsoft Cloud and modern workplace. And now here is your host, Harry Reid. Today we're going to be talking to Louise Mara, who is the head of marketing at Core, um, about a recent research report um, that we've done looking at the sleep patterns of IT professionals. Um, the report's based on findings of an independent survey carried out by Savanta, and it was commissioned by Core. And this is an extremely interesting subject we're going to be talking about today, as organisations very rarely look into the impact. Um, and the stresses and pains of the IT profession on the individuals and how it impacts them, um, most specifically in their personal life. There are a number of stresses that are placed on IT professionals, especially during times like these, uh, when security is hard to manage due to everyone working remotely and working from home. Um, So uh, during this time, CORE have taken a unique approach to examining industry trends and requirements, and luckily, um, we have the brains behind Core's Sleep Well with Core campaign joining us today. Uh, good morning, Louise. Good morning, Harry. Thank you. Um, Louise, before we start, um, it'd be great to get a, a bit of background about yourself, how you got into marketing and uh, a little bit of information about your current your current role at Core. Yeah, absolutely. Happy to. Thank you, Harry. Um, So I've heard my career described over the years uh, as a staircase career or a squiggly career. There's two different terms and really that are best used to describe it. Basically what that means, it's quite unconventional. It's somewhat unintentional um, and I've moved around quite a bit. Um, I didn't really wake up one morning and decide I'm going to be a B2B marketer. I don't really know anyone in marketing who does. Um, come to that moment. Um, yep. But what I would say, um, so from my very first job um, that I had at the ripe old age of 12, working in my local shop, I was really aware of customer perceptions and making things look appealing for customers to buy them, um, which I think, you know, but you could say back in those at that time sparked my interest in marketing, customer experience. I think it was just a job to earn a bit of pocket money, but you know, Um, I've actually, I I have had though a really varied career um, and I've actually been really lucky with the roles that I've had over my, over the course of my career, because they've really, they've all exposed me to different areas of business and given me awareness of how businesses operate from the ground up across all departments. And when you work in marketing and communications, that's really fundamentally important to understand how what you do within marketing really touches and impacts on your internal as well as external audiences and to have that appreciation of all of those different touch points. Mm. Um, so a little bit of a, a whistle-stop tool then um, of my career. So I've uh, I've worked on the front line in job centres. Um, I've helped people back into work. Mm. Um, I've cut my teeth in the crazy days of public relations. So you're talking about, uh, you know, kind of give my age away here, but you're talking about 20-odd 20, 20 years ago. Um, in PR back in the days where there were no mobile phones, we didn't have social media, bizarrely, mm. um, and actually nobody had heard of Google. We, we didn't even know what it yeah. was. It was there, but nobody used it. I ran my PR days through a telex machine, a landline and a pager. Um, (laughs) It was was crazy back in those days. In that first role, I actually remember building and being part of a team that put in place the first ever intranet site. Mm. And the business didn't know, well, what is an intranet site? You know, what is this? What do we do with it? And it was literally a people directory. We took 
our our ring binder folder that went across the entire airline that I worked for mm. of people's roles, how they fit all the org charts, and we lifted it and put it into an intranet because that's what we thought it was for. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, look at look how thing how times have changed and how we've moved Absolutely. on from there. Yeah, it's a um, to- totally different world now. I know, I know. It's crazy to think back in those days, you know, the very first early iterations of SharePoint, you know, that's mm. that's where I started working in uh, in technology. You'll be pleased to know I never yeah. went into technology again. Um, <laughs> I, I left that to the professionals. Um, I've tried my hand at HR and recruitment and did a stint within those departments. I moved into operations. Um, I've also worked a partnership role with local authorities. Mm -hmm. Um, I took took a role, um, really interesting position um, at at a time with a a really big multinational um, systems integrator. And we worked across the space industry, um, the defence industry, um, and uh, local authorities and government um, sectors really looking at um, their um, capabilities, technology. And, but from that side of things, I was there within internal communications. Yeah. Um, so, again, you know, everything looking right. You'll be pleased to know that intranets had come on some way since my early days of the people directory. Um, looking at internal comms, you know, from the side of really um, everything that that stems the communications gap um, and brings people together um, in a business as one. So really, you know, driving that same purpose, single goal, um, and embedding that that, um, oneness and ethos of communications. Um, Moved through various different um, positions following on from there. Um, I ran a fostering agency um, at one point in my career, which uh, and uh, working with local authorities and uh, and child protection services. Mm -hmm. Um, That was a time I think that's probably the time in my career when I really felt like I was working to give back. So not just working to make a profit for a big corporate. I was actually you could see the positive impact and the changes of what you were doing on children and families. Um, And that role, I was there for a long time um, in that position. That was the one role that really um, exposed me to every single area of a business, HR, recruitment, marketing, finance, office management facilities, um, even, you know, again, to a certain extent, IT, um, because I was the, you know, the single point that was in the office consistently. Um, I've got to say, though, my go-to fix on IT was always digitise, switching it off and back on again, Mm. um, which is why I now leave IT to the professionals, um, and everybody's very pleased at that. Uh, Moved into a health and fitness um, role, ran the marketing and PR for Europe's number one protein manufacturing company. Um, That was the first time that I'd really switched between B2B and B2C marketing, so going in between the... um, the business side of things of looking at how you sell into a business and market to business professionals, but also on the consumer side of things, which was really interesting to understand that gap between how you message and how you market within a consumer facing industry and just how challenging that can be. Mm. Um, but really, for the past five years, uh, my career and my focus has been all about technology. So I, um, a couple of, well, five years ago, um, started working for another um, Microsoft Gold partner. And really, that was the time when I fell in love with technology. And I realised the power of technology to not only transform the way people work, but to really enable them and empower them to do more with the tools that they've got and it really was a it was a wake-up call for me that actually technology has the power to do so much good 
within businesses as well as for the user you know really looking if we can get that user adoption side right and we can we can really look at and raise awareness within businesses particularly technology of change management you know that's really powerful um, spent some time with Microsoft Research, um, looking at uh, looking at their uh, really d- internal communication side within research at Microsoft. Um, but I miss that fast-paced buzz of an open office, of brainstorming campaigns, of ideas, you know, coming out left, right, centre, and the, the, just the craziness that is marketing. <laughs> Um, which is how I came to be at Core, really. Yeah. Um, so that that's a bit of a whistle stop tour um, of of Excellent. my career. It's, it's a lot of jobs. Um, but very, very varied, but lots of yeah. lots of great experience there. Yeah, yeah, it really is. But I think the the one thing in in my career has really given me um, is that depth and breadth of experience across not just marketing mm. but all the areas that touch customers. So yeah. when I work through marketing activities and campaigns, I've got that understanding of how the message or land with the audience I'm trying to reach across the roles, the different levels, but also the, the different requirements that, that people have mm. and their uniqueness of what, what they want to hear and how they're going to interpret and distill that information. Mm. Excellent. Um, and so, Louise, can you tell me why why Cora focus specifically on sleep? Yeah, absolutely. It's a really interesting question, Harry. Um, so in our role at Core um, as managed service provider um, that we are, we tend to see um, our share of some quite seriously sleep deprived IT people, um, it's fair to say, in the conversations that we have. So that got us thinking about, well, what's keeping them up at night? And the, the whole campaign and the report really sprung out of a lot of conversations between um, us at Core and our customers tend to start with the question, so what's keeping you up at night? And that really got us started um, started thinking about um, asking more questions. Um, and then we realised, well, actually, if IT folk weren't worrying so much about their job um, and their role that they're doing, then actually be able to rest a little easier. Um, so from there, we really started thinking about the importance of sleep and, and the impact of not getting enough rest and what, how that's actually impacting not just the, the, the people in the business, but the business as a whole. Um, you know, if you think of sleep deprivation on your health and well-being, it's actually a really serious topic. Um, and a lot of organisations at the moment are actually focusing in on this and, and now starting to, you know, pardon the pun, but wake up to their responsibility towards the people that they employ uh, and the impact that, that this is having on physical and mental health and well-being. Um, and actually, you know, coincidentally, when we kicked all of this off, um, it, it was all pre-COVID and we, we did the research at the beginning of February, but it's actually really well timed. Um, given the current focus on mental health and well-being, as everyone's now needing to adjust to uh, new working conditions, um, and you know it's it's per- perhaps enabling people to look at things a bit differently around you know the way that we work, where we work, um, and the flexibility of working. Yeah, I think that's really interesting, and I think probably probably for me the most interesting um, element of it all is. You know, the IT industry uh, particularly focuses on the end users. So everything we everything we do or every sort of advancement that's made is about making the working life of end users uh, within organizations easier, simpler, safer, more secure. 
I don't think anyone ever really actually looks at the individuals who work within IT. Um, so, you know, whether whether they have the free time and, you know, we, we can get to that when we start looking at some bits and pieces within the report. But, um, you know, if the IT department are well rested and they, you know, they have all of the kind of troubles and concerns taken off their plate, they can really focus on making actual actual change that's going to impact the end users probably more more efficiently. Um, and especially during a time like this, I mean, this is a very well-timed given the sort of global focus on, on mental health and well-being, um, especially during a time when everyone's working from home. I think there's a lot more emphasis put on how employees, are, you know, we've done quite a few podcasts on working from home and taking care of your end users and their mental, um, their mental well-being. Um, but I mean, you know, why should we care as a as an organisation? You know, why 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 do core care? Yeah, really, really, um, really prevalent um, topics and points there. I mean, we initially we commissioned um, the research report to uncover well, just how bad is it? Just how bad is sleep deprivation for IT people? Um, now we uh, we tend to say at core um, we believe that IT is the beating heart of an organisation, and you know it really is. Without it, the business just can't function. Um, so that puts a huge amount of pressure on those responsible for keeping that heart beating on a day-to-day -day basis. We've seen um, we've seen a lot of IT professionals um, in their roles getting bogged down in the day-to-day. Um, you know, the, the, the standard uh, issues that, that IT professionals see, um, tend to come across as part of their working role. Things like, you know, passwords not working, um, you know, system, systems not failing, users can't access the right apps, um, you know, tools aren't, aren't being deployed um, correctly, which really stops them from probably being good at and getting the job satisfaction from the IT role that they really wanted to be doing. You know, the reason that they got into IT to begin with is that they're excited about this concept of IT being the beating heart of a business and being able to use that to really drive the business forward. You know, we, it's a core strapline in itself is transforming business through technology. Now, IT really does have the ability to do that and the people working in IT have that you know that that role and and that uh, that sense of excitement about actually using tools and technology to improve business performance, the way that users um, get on and do their job, the way that users um, can be more productive with technology. So it really, you know, you sort of flip the conversation and it comes back to why a good night's sleep is so important in an IT role and profession is that those IT professionals can really do so much more in their job. I mean, you mentioned um, uh, very accurately as well, you know, that the IT team are the heartbeat of, of an organisation. And I think that's that's absolutely true, especially during a time like this when, when everybody's having to work remotely. And ultimately, what keeps the IT team up at night, there's probably a lot of crossover between what the IT team are concerned about versus what the business are concerned about. And a lot of the time, you know, the two don't marry up. But I do think that the IT concerns probably a lot more insightful. Um, you know, I think quite often the IT team are asked by by the wider business what the kind of major concerns are. So I do think it's really important to look at specifically what are the IT team worried about because I, you know, ultimately that's what the business should be worried about. 
if for example you know what keeps them up at night is security of data that absolutely needs to be looked at so i think kind of running a report or, or across what keeps the it team up at night is is a very important and insightful way to to look at things mm -hmm. um so we have we have the um we have the report um which has been which has been commissioned uh by core and done by savannah which is extremely interesting so i've had a had a read through that and having looked at the results from the survey it seems that IT support is a major cause of stress for the participants of the survey, with 40% of respondents highlighting this as a particular area for concern, which, which actually um, I found very interesting because that seems to be a, you know, you think of IT, you think of IT support, the two are very, you know, they're synonymous, they, they go hand in hand. Um, so 40% of that being a major area of concern really struck me as, as quite interesting. Um, and what's important here is that even though there are partners like ourselves who can who can take control of support for organizations, it's still an area um, that that's that's seen as a major stressor. Um, for me, there's a clear solution to the problem. You can sort of bring in a, a Microsoft partner and and um, you can you can outsource possibly even third line support, you know, if it's the, if it's those kind of difficult tickets, which you find really, um, really concerning, uh, or if you just don't have the bandwidth within your IT team, you can outsource that to a, to a certified Microsoft partner. Um, was there any, I, I mean, for yourself, having read through it, were there any areas within the report which you found particularly interesting? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so one of the one of the most interesting things um, that came out of it for me, um, but but also from a lot of people that I've been talking to about this. So we all expected that the more senior people get in their careers, and I mean position, not age, um, by senior, um, then and the more responsibility that they were taking on, then the greater their stress levels would be. But what we discovered was actually the complete opposite. And um, so what the findings showed us, um, and if you think about it, it actually makes more sense, is that by replacing the time consuming sort of day to day tasks that are associated with IT support with more strategic projects, people feel that they're actually adding value to the business rather than mm. dealing with an endless stream of problems. Mm. Um, which is, you know, it's it's a real eye opener if you think if you can, you know, to your point, Harry, that IT support element, you know, if you can reduce that burden and reduce that stress on people within IT, if you think about reskilling, you know, redeployment, um, you know, of utilising people's skills to really look at the roadmap of the business and where IT fits in that roadmap, it's actually, a, you know, it's it's a really interesting subject and topic to go on to. Um, yeah. One of the uh, one of the more uh, sort of anecdotal, funny um, little surprise findings that I found in there particularly. Um, so I was really surprised to see that 81% of respondents admitted to catching up on sleep during the day with a power nap. Oh really? <laughs> well, they must be working from home then. <laughs> and I could just I just had this you know like mental image of, of all these of all these IT people sat at their desk with their head down having a little power nap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, I, I think I think you're absolutely right there. You know, I mean, if everyone's concerned about about support, it's kind of taking away from that time where they can make actual strategic advancements within within your IT organization. So, yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, totally agree with that one. There are some extremely interesting uh, statistics that have come out of the report. Obviously, the sleep deprivation being a being a major one that seems to be quite a consistent one across the board. 
Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah, I just when I read that that stat about catching up on on power naps, I think my my marketer's brain obviously kicked in, and I thought, oh, you know, wouldn't it be great once lockdowns over, Call could sponsor sleep pods. You know, we could deliver sleep, but we could sponsor sleep pods within organisations and we can actually use the report findings and really encourage people. Go and take your power nap, you know, have your half an hour power nap in a sleep pod during the day. (laughs) (laughs) Don't know how well that might go down with some businesses, you know, but... Yeah, they'd have to be quite forward thinking and open to change, I think, definitely. Absolutely, absolutely. You do but, hear, though, about, you know, some like um, modern workplaces, you know, that coined term, the modern workplace. But a lot of people are now looking at the space where people come to work as an extension of their, their you know, their um, place where they feel most comfortable. So what can we bring into a working environment to enable people to unwind, have some downtime, you know, moving beyond the sort of open kitchen areas and the, you know, the ping pong tables. People are actually now starting to look at and bring in quiet zones and meditation pods, you know, and, and specific yeah. areas in within their office space where people can choose to work differently. You know, they can just go in there, shut the door, take half an hour in a beanbag room and actually just, you know, relax and switch off and yeah. have some quiet time. Yeah, there might even be a, a change in the duration of the working day. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, traditionally it is that sort of Monday to Friday, nine to five. But actually, if you spread the working day out a, a lot longer, I know, I know um, working from home kind of goes hand in hand with uh, flexible working and, you know, people who, you know, we've had employees at core who have um, needed to take time to do the school run and they don't necessarily work nine to five Monday Mm -hmm. to Friday. They might work sort of, you know, work from nine until the afternoon or start at eight o'clock and finish a bit earlier. I know a lot of organizations definitely have that kind of split shift mentality. but yeah, you know, it's all, um, you know, if, if you can work from anywhere, um, you know, with, with Office 365, um, then why not? Why not be flexible um, as Absolutely. long as that's suitable to the to the job that you're that you're yeah. doing? Yeah, 100%, 100%. You know, it's, I think I've been very fortunate um, in, in my role uh, and the companies that I've worked in. I mean, being in marketing, we, we're not a traditional nine to five function um, for the business. And I I have and strongly believe in flexible working. Um, you know, I, I sort of bake that in and embed that into my teams. And I just, I think that, you know, now more than ever, I know it's been said quite a lot, um, you know, in the course of the media over the past couple of weeks, but the way we work and the way that businesses think about how they work is really going to fundamentally change you know, post-COVID, going back into what does a normal working day look like? You know, you don't need people to be sat in the office just to be seen in front of the desk for, you know, seven and a half, eight hours a day. It's far more productive and it's far more empowering, I think, to your team to, you know, measure on the output of of what they're doing rather than, you know, you could have somebody sat at their desk for seven hours, not really being very productive because they're not quite feeling it that day. Yeah. if you you know just said to them at three o'clock look do you know what you're clock watching go home come mm. back in the morning get your head down with a fresh mindset and and you know crack on yeah i completely agree um so i know that the um research was carried out um pre-covid19 lockdown if we if we go back to the to the report and the research mm-hmm. that core have done um 
the findings, especially from what I've seen, they're perhaps more relevant now, um, given the current situation. I know we keep coming back and mentioning it, but you know, it's it's very hard not to when it has such a direct impact on um, on everyone and what we're all doing. Um, from from a kind of marketing perspective, um, you know, what would you like to come from this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's, you know, back, be right back to a serious note with it. Um, you know, the, the, the harmful consequences highlighted in this report not only take a personal toll on individuals, but they can actually pose a threat to an organisation's performance, uh, their vulnerability, but also to the talent retention within that business. You know, that you need to look at that side of things as well. You know, your IT, you may, from a position, you may look at your IT and your IT department as, yep, it's all working, you know, not broken, not fixed, but actually your staff may be broken and and you're not actually seeing that. You're not asking the right questions to be able to understand what's going on with your individuals within the team and to understand the different stresses that they have within their working life, you know, that are then rolling through into their personal life. Um, so I think for me, um, the, the report and the findings and, and the subject in general, it's about more than operational efficiency. Um, it's about the people behind the, the, the function. You know, I like to say, you know, you, you bring out the heart of the business. Mm. And this is really about looking at, you know, that that beating heart within a business is the people as well as the IT that are running it. Um, so I think, you know, to to not to not sit up and take notice of it is a real missed opportunity mm. uh, in businesses. Um, and it's a missed opportunity, particularly for IT to really take that role in transforming businesses and being freed from the day to day tasks. Mm. Um, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And, I, you know, as I said before, it's it's really refreshing and it's really interesting to see a piece of work done that that focuses on the IT professionals. Um, because as I said before, the IT professionals work tirelessly to make sure that the business is set up and, and it's constantly, the focus is always on the end users uh, and making everything better and more, more improved for them. Um, and, and, you know, I do think that a lot of organisations are missing a trick by not focusing on IT, making sure, you know, as we discussed around the um, around support being one of the one of the higher issues and, and concerns. If that's something we can take away from IT teams, um, then absolutely they'll then have the time to do some really creative and reactive things within uh, within the business and the improvements could be endless. Um, removing those stresses, making them more relaxed, giving them more time to actually um, actually think, you know, rather than just doing reactive support, they can actually do some really proactive good. So I think it's it's an excellent piece of work. Um, and I think a lot of IT professionals will will get a lot of get a lot of interest out of reading it. I think they'll find it very, very interesting. Um, and they'll probably relate to quite a lot of the uh, the issues and concerns that are, that are sort of brought up in the report as well. Um, so uh, excellent. Um, Louise, uh, we're sort of coming towards the end of the podcast today. Um, and I have to say thank you very, very much for, for joining. It's extremely insightful. Um, we've, talked, we've talked a lot about the um, the report that's been done and there's a lot of collateral around ways in which we can help and all that kind of good stuff. Um, 
what's the best way for listeners to access the report um, so they can see the findings? Uh, you know, what, what's the best way for someone to kind of look into this following the podcast? Yeah, absolutely, 100%. Um, so just head over to the website, core.co.uk. Um, you can access the report um, from several different areas um, within the website. Uh, it's linked uh, on, on a couple of pages, but probably the best area um, when you go over there is the resource page. So within there, we've obviously got the link to download the report, but there's also um, a bunch of other um, productivity uh, resources and, and you know content that we've been putting together over the past couple of uh, weeks just to, you know, practical guidance and support to really, you know, help people keep businesses and users as productive as possible during this time. So I'd say, yeah, definitely head over there, um, download the report. It's it's a really interesting um, read, you know, it's it's hopefully provides a bit of a wake up call for some businesses and, and some IT teams uh, to, to look at how they can actually transform their business. Excellent. And um, I, I don't mean to put you on the spot and obviously mm-hmm. feel free to say if this is if this is something that's remaining relatively close to the chest. But, um, you know, in terms of the the sleep well for, for core um, sleep well with core campaign, um, what's next? What's what's coming along? Is there anything people should be keeping an eye out for in terms of webinars or? Mm, yeah, absolutely. Um, no, we've got a, we've got quite a, quite an interesting array of some of some um, content coming out around this. So linked to the report, we've also got um, our client solutions director, Eamon, is kicking off a new um, video series, uh, slightly longer form video series, interviewing some really key people within the industry as well as within Core. Um, quite comically uh, named Pillow Talk uh, because it links nicely into our sleep theme you know we work in marketing we come up with things that are a little bit fun and different um so definitely look out for Eamon's video series he's got some um, some really interesting speakers from Microsoft lined up which are going to be coming on there with us um, as well as some of our industry partners and obviously and people within core as well Um, but the next sort of big read to come out um, from core is our little book of managed services so that uh, is as it sounds it's a little book um, that we'll be publishing um, online within the next couple of weeks. So I de- definitely recommend that people, you know, when you head over, do subscribe to the core blog um, and then you'll uh, you'll get all of the latest news and information. Excellent. Um, fantastic. So the website again is, is core.co.uk. Um, if you would like to, uh, if you'd like to contact myself um, or anyone at Core, you can do so through the website um, or my uh, direct email address is harry.read at core.co.uk. Um, we'd love to hear from you any questions, comments you have around the podcast uh, or around the Sleep Well with Core campaign. Um, absolutely feel free to get in contact. Um, Read Only Access is a uh, podcast series. We do an episode every two weeks. Um, We have all the pre-recorded episodes on our website. So if you've missed one, please feel free uh, to go back to the podcast tab on the website. Um, You can listen to all of the podcasts we've we've done previously. Um, Louise mentioned uh, Eamon uh, there, our Client Solutions Director. We've got some pre-recorded webinars um, that we've done there that you can access through the website as well. So there's lots of exciting collateral um, that you can sink your teeth into while you're working from home. please feel free to to get in contact and thank you very much for for joining us um this has been read only access and thank you very much to louise for joining us uh for this episode thank you harry 
For more information about any of the topics of our podcast, please visit www.core.co.uk. Thank you for listening.